0: Hey guys, uh, welcome on to Junction, a podcast where we define choice. The choice to live on your own terms and by your own design, or simply look the other way and move on. I am Sanket, your adventure guide for today, as we venture deep inside India's startup ecosystem with India's new age entrepreneurs. Today with us, we have Amok Tiwari. He is the founder of Talkie. Amog is an entrepreneur in the truest sense of the word, never giving up on the dream, he has been a constant innovator in different fields, with his first startup, T-Y, and then his second startup, Decident. Now, Amog is working on Talkie, that is a virtual workspace for remote teams to communicate effortlessly with quick and easy one-click audio-only collaboration. Amog, it is truly a pleasure to have you with us.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So uh, Amoga, uh, I feel that uh, you had like quite a journey up until now. You had multiple startups and I'm sure you've had a lot of learning um, and there has been a bell curve in that sense. But yes. uh, I mean, what do you feel is sort of the meaning of the word entrepreneur in your opinion? Because nowadays everyone is sort of using the phrase like the term entrepreneur and it's being thrown around a lot. So what do you feel is the true blue yeah. meaning of entrepreneur?
1: Um well that that's a really fantastic question, actually. So uh, the true meaning uh is very uh definitive and very broad in its own terms. And it's very really subjective as well at the same time. But uh, uh if you search Google, uh Google says that uh, someone who uh who picks up an idea and they completely transform it into a business. Uh terms for me, it's uh called it goes it is equal to persistence let's say uh, uh like it's it's more philosophical uh at the same time and uh, it's more uh, attitude and mindset based rather than skill based because the skills are something which you can learn right while the process you're building something while the process you're uh, discovering something new because uh, when whenever an idea pops up into your head you don't know what are the relevant skills are required to grow it or scale it or to build it what kind of team is required so you learn that but how what that process is completely part of that mindset so i feel that uh, word with mindset and the persistence is, uh, they have a very cr- close relationship.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I truly I feel you, man, because, uh, I mean, resilience is very important. And um, I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, you need to keep going on and moving past your failures and keep on learning from them. So, uh, I mean, uh, I would like to understand from your perspective, because you've had uh, two startups in the past, and yet you still decided to go on and keep on going on the journey. So uh, why did you first want to become an entrepreneur and what is sort of the conviction that drives you uh, after even after college you directly jumped into entrepreneurship? So what were, what are the sort of motivators and the past experience that has propelled you to uh, keep this persistence and resilience and keep on going on?
1: So uh, first thing, I'm a college hopper. I left my college in second year. Okay. And uh, it it came, it came naturally. So before uh, T-Vibe and uh, before uh, Decibel, uh, I used to make products out of waste. I had one more small startup called Jankofi where I started my entrepreneurship venture uh, where I used to collect waste from nearest uh, like Kabadiwalas and uh, everywhere. Then I brought them home, convert them into home decor products, products which you can use Products which you can actually uh, like uh, use in your home, wear them. So uh, th- that was a moment when I was actually not aware about this word uh, startup. It, it's back in 2015. I was not even aware. I did not had any exposure, right? And I was not much into education because I left. Well, I just it's been a six months that I left my college and I uh, started uh, pursuing my passion for making. Uh, uh, products the waste, and so that's where I discovered uh, this particular genre or you could say this particular mindset that okay you um, you are called someone like if you're building something of your own you're called an entrepreneur if you're building something of your own or scaling it up with, and that particular product or a company is called a startup and that actually um, the, uh, the whole idea fascinated me. But uh, uh, then, I, then I realized that, okay, uh, there, is, there is going to be a big difference between entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. And uh, uh, if you have to be, uh, and that the way uh, you uh, take a college degree and uh, you get a tag of your title, maybe if you have done an MBA, you get a doctor. Right? which is a very reputable, uh, like uh, MBBS, you get a doctor, uh, which is a very reputable uh, profession at the same time. One of the most reputable uh, professions is uh, uh, being a doctor in India, especially. So I come from a two city, right? And exposure has been always a questionable mark. So uh, what made me go enough uh, and uh, pursue uh, failures after failures, was a uh, uh, big enough reasons, right? Uh, when you don't have something, you are a little desperate for that. And uh, I, uh, I don't think uh, like yeah, you introduced me as an entrepreneur, which I am not. Because why? Uh, I, I am still yet to uh, build or uh, deliver that huge amount of value, right? Which, which at then moment you you can actually have authority to call yourself an entrepreneur. Not before that. Not before that. And that may not happen in once, twice, thrice, or maybe fourth attempts. right? It's like a long journey. And that's where mindset and persistence comes in the picture. It's like a vicious cycle, right? So after that first venture, um, then that's where I discovered business plan, created my first pitch deck of life. I started pitching me to investors, right? Uh, that adrenaline rush, on a daily basis is like, uh, <clears throat> it's a different kind of cocaine, right? <laughs> you uh, you get high when you push investors and if you're not getting high, then there is something lacking inside you like that. Uh, there is something missing. So that kept me going and plus uh, uh, my story has been pretty uh, uh, pretty different, uh, The like uh, supporting uh, my family as well at the same time then. Uh, coming here in delhi and struggling and my, my mom used to question me if you have to struggle you can come in lucknow why you have to be in delhi but I then i used to answer that it's fun here like it's fun here not it's not fun there <laughs> so so yeah that kept me going and uh, one of the best things which i uh, learned and which have been the biggest motivation factor so far right and it has been more than 5 years it's 2021 and i started in 2015 Right, and uh, now uh, uh, what happens is uh, you start learning uh, things which you thought you will never learn, right? And uh, in that process, you get lots of people who actually inspire you, right? Who are working ten times harder than you, right? Maybe like you, I I aspire, uh, I am a voice tech enthusiast, and I aspire to own my podcast, but you are doing that now. You gave me that complex. Right. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna sit and think and ponder upon, and and that's how it continues. Then someone else comes and someone does that. Yeah. But uh yeah, so for me that has been uh, the society. What so I I was very clear. The way my Facebook feed, Instagram feed, LinkedIn feed is going to decide what my next day and my work is going to happen. Like right. If I'm watching shit, I'm I will be doing shit. Right. So I const constantly chose myself to uh, watch those things so that uh, my brain is automatically getting feeded with that food of motivation on a daily basis. So I don't have to crave and watch YouTube videos to to inspire myself.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that's really cool. I mean, (laughs) that was really great and uh, that was really insightful as well. So I want to understand that you've been on this journey for five years and you must have seen a lot of different things change. (laughs) especially within sure. the Indian ecosystem for startups. So any insights sure. on how the past two years per se have been in comparison to the first three years, because things have been sort of on steroids for the past one or two years for startups in India. So any uh, commentary on hmm. that?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, it has been a really uh, great curve actually. And uh, uh, so there is a, like, um, there is a notion that uh, entrepreneurs in India have high risk taking appetite than investors in India. Okay. And that's opposite invest. That's completely opposite invest. So now that has been getting a little lower, right? And that is the reason why more and more and more and more entrepreneurs are able to uh, build small businesses, even people out of colleges are able to raise funds, right? Um, but funding has funding should not be the parameter it is creating a big FOMO to build businesses there is a different genre and different set of people who are bootstrapping building businesses generating revenue getting clients and uh, living their life right because uh, they know they, uh, they have their own choice of uh, working but uh, uh, now there are like there are two positive and negative like, uh, i see both aspects it's like yen and yen uh one side it's uh, glamorized way too much right and it should be actually right because uh in the end you are actually creating some sort of job some sort of opportunity for other people right solving a problem but at the same time uh you're also uh making this a notion uh, which earlier we had for engineering doctorship okay this is the only way to become successful or this is the only way to become uh, like a uh, settle in your career now i'm afraid after two or three years down the line this is going to begin the same right if you're not uh, if you're not owning a startup after um, uh, college or something then uh, then you feel you don't you're not part of this country or the world or the community as well you don't have anything to talk about and people consider you shit so that is something uh, which, which, is, um, which now you can see from uh, for college students from uh, second, third year as well. Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, that's true. And you, and you said something that, that sort of resonates, that uh, VCs have sort of increased their risk-taking appetite. Yes, so, so what do you think uh, has been the primary uh, driver for the fact that VCs are sort of, because VCs remain the same people, 10 pointers from IITs and all the good colleges, right, IIMs and coming from abroad and settling in India. So what has changed in their mindset or what has been the key drivers apart from the influence of the West um, that has uh, sort of driven this approach?
1: No, no, they, uh, they, don't, uh, they don't have anything changed in their mindset, right? Is their eyes are open. India is digital. 770 million people, internet users. You're not going to invest now when you're going to invest, right? And there are abundance of opportunities, abundance of new ideas getting created the whole day. So it's actually FOMO, right? It's not risk. Uh, It's actually FOMO inside the mind, right? Okay, now this is the market side. This is the market side. Now internet users... Back in 2016-17, India was not having that much internet users. We didn't even know what is LinkedIn properly, right? And we do, we were not habitual of using it. Now we use it, right? So uh, Geo played an amazing role. So it's it's as simple as that. If camera did not existed, there was no Instagram. If there was no innovation on front camera, there was no Instagram. There was no Reels. There was no TikTok. Right. So they are interrelated, right? The innovation on hardware is interrelated to innovation on software, right? So and that's how uh, it works. So for Indian VCs and angels, uh, it has been uh, th- these things have been an amazing motivation factor. Seeing the growth, the way user is adopting to the tech, right, and then parallelly seeing uh, do we have those companies who are solving or creating uh, solving problems. For the users who are adopting tech if yes then they are willing to invest right if not then uh, there is no question you even if you go outside India, you won't be able to raise a single dollar
0: well i think uh that's that's a wonderful answer and that certainly sort of busts a lot of myths that exist around the indian startup ecosystem yeah. so um i mean i truly believe that the way things have sort of become uh in terms of the way people are working in a hybrid sort of situation with online and, and offline there is a huge communication gap that exists between teams and True. Talkie has sort of managed to fill this gap using tech, but I would yeah. love to know more about what the business is, what it does, what are the sort of challenges that you are currently facing in scaling the operations?
1: So right now, um, so with talking what we are trying to solve here is we are trying to build a communication infrastructure for remote teams, right? and when you talk about uh, a remote team maybe hybrid or uh, completely for full, full remote they uh, teams have their own communication style right someone likes to communicate asynchronous, someone likes to communicate synchronous. right and uh, in the in uh, in the market in especially in west you like we still don't have as much products in this particular space from india right comparison to west right we we will hardly find any product which is working in the communication space uh, uh, in the uh, in the remote team uh, for, especially for remote teams it's more around collaboration and we we actually uh, we actually misinterpret or we actually uh, often don't understand the difference between collaboration and communication they go hand in hand but they both are business demos bomo- on zoom you can't collaborate you communicate right but on slack you communicate plus collaborate so uh, talkie is completely focused on communication, where you do two forms of communication, asynchronous and synchronous. And it lets your team to have that comfort zone on how you want to actually communicate.
0: Got it. So, uh,
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So, uh, I would say that, you know, as a startup founder, um, I mean, you're expected to be agile and you'll have a lot of challenges and a problems thrown at you. So with that in mind, uh, I mean, you know, uh, two things exist, uh, sort of prototyping stuff and getting a proof of concept and, mm-hmm. um, and doing that market research and then sort of taking that product to market and doing the actual testing. So often what happens is that, uh, you do so much of market research on paper and pen that will this idea work or will this, or won't this work that you don't actually take it to market and then it's too late or there's not a proper balance. So, uh, I mean, what do you think, uh, I mean, how do you sort of balance between research or planning or, and testing your product actually in the market? Because, I mean, I do feel that validation is also an important part. So how do you sort of manage that? Uh,
1: believe me, one of the best products, which you see out there, right? There are mediocre <laughs> products. Okay. And, uh, there are best products and there are average products, right. And I'm going to talk about best products, right. Uh, Those best products were never built on validation, early validation. Their early validation came after they built an MVP, reached out to users, iterated on the top of it, then shared again. And that's where that real validation came, right? That is the beauty of startup, right? An idea which you feel it may work, it may not work, right? you don't call it a risk if you know the 50% outcome. That's bluff. That's not risk. In risk, you don't know what is the outcome, right? It's 100%. There is no 50% in risk. You don't call it risk, right? So uh, that that that's where you actually the uh, like you actually take that route, right? And uh, when you talk about validation. Uh, you do market research for sure. You do uh, analysis of your uh, market, but at the same time, you also try to understand what data says. Right? If you have a relevant data, and if you have a competition which is working in similar space or something different or something um, uh, innovative in uh, in your domain, that means you that the product, the idea, and the market exists, and it is already being validated. You don't need to waste time. On that, it's better to waste time and uh, jump on directly uh, building a small uh, MVP and reaching out to that same space. Now, that's where your research and validation comes in, right? So while you're building, if you like, you can devote few hours to uh, reach out to certain uh, users of that certain domain and talk to them, and uh, th- that's where you uh, start getting insights and feedback. And if you see it's going on the right direction, you're good to go, or you keep iterating on that tool. So there is no such fundamental answer uh, to this or like I've, i have seen we often try to uh, like uh, structureize uh, uh, building startups and mvps into certain template of parameters right but uh, um, uh, this is this is no personal, outcome, right and that you have to open a shop then you have to fill that shop with materials and then you are good to go and then you have to de- deliver pamphlets in your local locality and people will start delivering now today that has this little market validation that okay now if uh, I am going digi- digital I will be having more orders right? Did he do any validation for that? No, uh, like he like his MVP is already ready ready up and running, right? He just came out he used a digital service and he like started selling. So uh, uh, so like it's it, it's something uh, like we should not be biased. It depends upon business to business product to product, right? And service to service, Um, like it's completely uh, a completely open road. And every single startup and business, they have their own set of ways to build, validate, start, or even execute. Why? Because those startups, those ideas, they are just something on paper and digital. Behind that, there are real humans who are executing that, right? And you see that character, soul, and that execution style in that particular business, right? So it's not actually validating an idea, it's actually validating The how you are validating yourself. Can you grasp, grasp that data as fast and can you think on that data, okay, yeah, this will work. Right? Because you are that kind of a hidden data analyst, right? You can deduce, okay, this is going to scale up. It's like stock market, you know, this stock is going up, right? So that, that's how idea validation works, actually. It's it's uh, 90% gut, gut feeling, 10% data.
0: So, I think uh, that's great. And uh, so, uh, like, uh, I, I'm asking you this question because I know you're expanding your team. And I also do know for a fact that it's very important to have sort of the right culture when you're initially expanding the team, because if you grow and I hope you do grow, so the initial members are going to be the leaders of all those divisions, sales and marketing and finance. So what do you feel is sort of um, the most important th- thing to remember or the key challenges that you face while building the foundation, the initial team and doing the due diligence behind uh, the, team building. exercise?
1: So. That is a really good question and this is one of the most important thing uh, which matters in any team or a company and I have realized that and I have faced that as well. So uh, the key challenges is why you're an early stage small company, right? It's really hard to uh, grab in or bring in a really amazing talent or someone who is sitting on a top position of a company you, can, you just you just cannot think of, right. Now, if you go a little lower, then you find less experience and uh, lots of other uh, other things which you are unsatisfied and which you know that you have to compromise, which one should not compromise, actually, right? So uh, finding a balance between both of them is really important, right? And uh, the challenges, uh, they are, I guess, one of the most important and one of the most hardest challenges any other founder will be facing, and that is building their founding team, right? And uh, scaling it up. Uh, and uh, initially, uh, transparency and uh, uh, trust is something which uh, is going to actually solve those things, right? Because uh, you don't need like 15 people to be callers. It's just three, four people in a certain domain, right? And, uh, and that actually should feel more like a, a mission driven uh, team rather than. Uh, Rather than a product or product-driven because when product breaks, team breaks. Mission stays, but if you are mission-driven, then even though product breaks ten times, the mission stays, right? So, and then it's your job as a leader is to use that on a daily basis. In some ways, right? In some ways, or, and that 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 is that is work, real work.
0: I think uh, that's absolutely beautiful because uh, this is one of the answers that a lot of people this is one of the questions that a lot of people look uh, for the answers to. So uh, lastly, I know uh, that the Josh is very high right now. You guys just closed in on your first enterprise client. And I also do understand that the remote hybrid workplace is sort of uh, the key uh, for the future as well. So I would like to ask you uh, you know what does the future behold for talking? Are you expanding your product line or scaling the existing services uh, to the maximum possible? What does the future look like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we are actually uh, onboarding more and more users. We already have more than 1,000 plus teams created in our pipeline. So we have to onboard them, monitor their feedback, iterate on that, build features, what users love, right? And scale it globally. Uh, we We are actually targeting US market. Uh, more and uh, that's that's where we are uh, seeing talking going ahead
0: so uh, I think uh, that's it and uh, I would like to thank you for doing this and uh, it was great having you and there were a lot of key insights that we got as to how to start up and what are the very important initial questions that every founder should ask themselves so um, I would like to play a very quick game of rapid fire with you Uh, Yeah, sure. sure. uh, Yeah. So I'll just uh, go ahead. And um, so the first question is, and I just want you to be like very brief. So, uh, one first question is one overrated or overvalued startup?
1: Um, I feel it's uh, Tesla. Tesla.
0: Okay. One overrated entrepreneur.
1: This is going to be really. Uh,
0: (laughs) One book that you would suggest all aspiring innovators or entrepreneurs to
1: read?
0: One entrepreneur that you look up to? The best advice that you've received in life, business or anything? It's
1: going to be your... Last day, any moment. And so, yeah, I need to work according to that.
0: One quality every entrepreneur should have to succeed. According to
1: and, Yeah, and a fine observation.
0: One myth about startups you feel should be bashed immediately.
1: Funding is not the only source of uh, success and uh, the, the definition of success, actually. Funding is actually kind of long way where you just don't <laughs> give equity or something.
0: And uh, the final question and perhaps the hardest, only one word to sum up your entire talkie journey.
1: roller coaster ride.
0: Rollercoaster ride. And uh, that was it. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. It was a real pleasure having you.